All right. Today is the, let me see, I have it here. Today is the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. So what we're going to do, at least for the first hour, we're going to follow the lectionary, at least for the first reading. Um, But we're only going to use it just to then explore a topic that we've mentioned before. It's been a couple of years, but we'll return to it. We'll try to prove it out. Um, I know it doesn't work perfectly, but at least it's something to consider because even the lectionary, including this reading, is is somewhat interesting. But today, for the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time, if we're following the, the calendar and if we're following the lectionary, the first reading is in the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs chapter 31. Now, they skip all over the place here, but we'll, we'll just look at all the verses that they include. Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31, and we'll start in verse 10. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. Like I said, they, they, they jump all over the place throughout the chapter, so we'll just we'll take each part uh, and look at it, all right? Everyone ready? All right, Proverbs 31, verse 10. Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And then the next verse, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. Now, obviously there's uh, some further description here of all the things she does. We can just read it, verse 14. She's like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hand, she planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthen, uh, uh, strengthen her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the, the staff. And now, this is where, verse 19 is where they come back in. So they do verses 10 through 13. They skip all of that. They come back in in verse 19. Verse 20, she stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hand to the needy. Uh, they, uh, then they skip, uh, they skip all the way down to verse 30 at this point. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. So they go from 10 to 13, 19 through 20, and 30 through 31. And that's the first reading of the day. They skip around a lot there, but we all know the chapter, right? I mean, this chapter has been talked about and talked about and talked about. And, and, I, and if we look at it from the most fleshly, if we look at it from the most fleshly way possible, and if we're even remotely honest with ourselves, this is a chapter that typically heaps tons of guilt upon whom? The women. And it greatly benefits whom? The men. I mean, let's just be honest, right? Okay, because there's no other chapter in the entire Bible that outlines the duties and responsibilities of a man, anything close to this, does it? Nothing, other than just husbands are to love their wives 
as Christ loved the church. That's about basically it, right? Okay, and you can say, well, the men are supposed to be the spiritual leader, but a lot of that you just have to kind of like, well, what does that include? And where, where do we get that, right? So you, you, so, but in most cases, just think about it. Wives are to submit, husbands are to love. Now, most likely people take then that means lead, lead but even doesn't even lay out the responsibilities of leading, does it? Not in any great detail, right? I mean, we can, we can try to place what we think is there. But when you kind of have a chapter like this, how many total verses is, is involved here? If we just go with the whole chapter, we have 31 verses, right? We go with the whole chapter, 31 verses. But if we take, I mean, those are a considerable amount of verses that give very detailed description of what the woman does. And it's, and it's typically taught in what way? Now, can it be done? It should be done. This is, so if a, if a woman who's a wife wants to look at her life and know how she's doing, she lays her life next to this passage and she will either find out that she's being a virtuous wife, a good wife, or she's being a Okay, bad wife, right? And, and, but again, if we just look at this from the most fleshly benefit, from the most fleshly way possible, the husband's gonna one who, who's gonna benefit from this, right? I mean, there's just no way. The whole family will benefit from this, right? I mean, like, the, there's nothing in it for her <laughs> other than maybe she'll be praised in the gates, right? Uh, I, I, all of that is just, everything is just focused on what? And the whole, and all of those passages. Work, not only work, but she's work. She's industrious, she's smart, she's clever, she's wise. Like, she's figuring all of this. She's taking care of everything, right? I mean, she's doing the, she's making sure that they benefit financially. She's making sure they're clothed. She's making sure they have, I mean, they're doing everything. There's just no way to get around it. This is not one of those chapters where I think women leave the church going, whoa, that was a great sermon, right? I mean, like if we're even honest with ourselves, so it, it raises lots of questions, right? Because either one, the women have to look at it and go, okay, well, I got a lot of work to do, right? I got a lot of work to do. Um, or the women just kind of look at it and go, well, that's great that, you know, <laughs> someone thinks that's what I'm supposed to do, but I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway, right? Like, I don't know what you do with that. But it, it, it does raise lots of questions because it seems kind of odd in the book of Proverbs that it shows up. It seems a little bit out of place to me, a little bit. Um, because typically most of Proverbs is about what? Wisdom, right? Wisdom. I think everyone, doesn't everyone agree with that? I mean, in fact, go to the very beginning of Proverbs. Look in chapter one and see if you can find some verses that seem to give the, the ultimate purpose for the, for the book and see if you can find one that does that. Now you, you, can, you can look and tell me what you find. See if y'all all find the same one. Passage, verses. Okay, well, I, I typically start with verse two, right? Because verse one, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, that gives us who? The author, and then immediately... To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, right? To give subtlety to the, uh, 
to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. I mean, I think right there it's laid out, is it not? It's laid out exactly what it's for. So then if, if it's to know wisdom, now one could argue, well, this is a part of wisdom, right? You could argue that the wisdom of God lays out what the responsibilities is of a woman or a wife, and this is what she is to do. But at the same time, you would be like, well, where, where's the chapter for the men? Right? Where's the chapter where it says, a good husband does this and does this and does this and does this. It's just missing, right? It's just missing. Now, one could argue that in that culture, this would have been just the expected way it was supposed to work. And, now, and then some people go, well, then if that's the way it was then, is that the way it's supposed to be now? I mean, it, I mean obviously this chapter can create guilt, shame, and great controversy, okay? Can, can you imagine trying to tell uh, people in our society that that's what a wife is supposed to do in 2023? They would be like, burn! They would be banning. They would want the ban, the book banned, right? Forget uh, conservatives trying. They would be like, ban that show. Burn it, okay? Because you could understand. Now, for me, I, I, I kind of look at it a couple of ways. I definitely, I, I definitely can see the the how the chapter could really be a burden and can be detrimental, right? Because I mean, I don't know what you do when you got a chapter like that that you can measure your life to at the end of every day to see how you did. I I don't know I don't know I I, I don't know what you do there. I don't know. Is it is supposed to to strive for it? There's another part of me that says, well, is it possible? Is it possible that something else is going on in Proverbs chapter 31? And I put forth a hypothesis about it about three years ago. Everybody remember that hypothesis I, I suggested for how to interpret Proverbs 31? Nobody remembers? Okay. No. Okay. All right. Okay, good. Someone remembers. Okay, good. All right. I've, I've definitely talked about it. Okay, Yes. That my, my hypothesis is, is the book is about wisdom and that throughout the book, there's something that the writer does with wisdom, personifies it as a, as a woman. So then I was, I, I, now I, I have not, I remember I told you, I put it forth as a hypothesis. I handed it to all of you to do some work on, right? I said, Hey, do some work on it. Okay. But, uh, I, I think, because I think it's an important thing. And I'm not, I'm not the only one in church history who thinks that, right? I'm, 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 it's not like I came up with a brand new concept. It's been talked about in church history. It's still the minority, 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 minority view. But I can see why the other view would be the majority view, right? Okay. I mean, think about it. Who's in charge of churches? Men. Okay. Who's in charge of denominations? Men. Okay. Who's supposed to be the spiritual leaders of the house? Okay, so you can see that there would be an, a very be advantageous for the men to go, that's what you're supposed to do, woman, right? Oh, it is an easy re- reading of it, but I just think that there, maybe I'm being sarcastic, maybe I'm being jaded, but I just think that there's, it's hard not to see the structure of Christianity and see why this, this view rose to the top of prominence. Okay. If women were in charge, I have a feeling there would be a different interpretation offered. 
correct? I have a feeling there would be, okay? Because, because, I mean, because people know the guilt that comes with this. I mean, people know. I mean, I, I mean there's just no way to get around it. So um, I, we're going to just kind of do a little bit of tests, uh, kind of a little bit of work here on the hypothesis, try to flush it out a little bit more and just see what we happen. Now, I do agree. A natural reading kind of leads you in one direction, but just the, the thing, this is what we have to do. Um, and I always, and I think this is just a question we always have to ask ourselves within Christianity. Sometimes we have these great, like, these verses or these ideas, and we're like, that's what it means. But just remember, you can argue for the meaning of something, but that's a million miles away from anyone actually taking it serious. Right? I mean, I say, I, I, I've talked about this a million times. Anyone can grab the first, the London Baptist Confession of Faith and we can go to the first paragraph where it gives all these lofty words about the Bible. And, oh, the Bible is this and the Bible is that. And Christians will be like, yeah, it's gold, it's silver, it's, it's more important than food. It, it's, it's milk, it's meat, it's yes, yes. Well, it's all great. Everyone talks a big game, but when it comes down to it, what's the reality? And we don't even act like it's even remotely that important, okay? Come on. It's in, it's in priority number 50 for most people, okay? So I'm saying it's, it's one thing to make a claim. It's another thing to then say, okay, I'm going to do something with it. It's one thing to fight for Proverbs 31 being this. But then at that point, then I, I, I can't speak for women. Women have a big, <laughs> I don't know what you do at that point. So I don't want to lessen something just to get people quote unquote off the hook but at the same time it just seems like an odd chapter it just seems to just show up out of nowhere and it's really odd that they add it to the lectionary reading today because if if proverbs 31 is about a wife you would think the rest of the passages for the lectionary reading would be what about marriage or about but they're not they're not the uh, the uh, epistle reading is from First um, Thessalonians, and it deals with uh, concerning times and seasons, brothers and sisters. You have no need for anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So that's not that's not dealing with uh, that. All right. In fact, let's do, let's do this. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 no. It's not a it's not a feast day. It's just uh, your typical uh, ordinary time. So, but let's do this. Let's just just to add to this, just to show you why why I want to pursue this line of reasoning, and I'm, I'm trying to pursue this line of reasoning because I think even the lectionary is screaming that something something's going on here. So, go to First Thessalonians really quick, just quickly, and we'll we'll see if you can find a theme. I was going to do it this way, but we'll we'll. we'll I decided to move away from this way, but here we, we're right back to it, so that's okay. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Everybody there? All right. Uh, let's see, let me grab from the King James. I was going to read it from the lectionary, but I'll just read it here. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5. We'll look at verses 1 through 6. Okay, everybody there? But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. 
for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then suddenly destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Now, one interesting thing is, at least a woman is mentioned, right? But it's more like a, using it in an illustrative way, right? Like a woman that's what? Like travail upon them a woman with, uh, with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that, that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Now look at verse 6. Therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Now if you take First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 6, and you connect it to Proverbs 31, is there a, do you see a connection or correlation in any way, shape, or form? Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, do we see a correlation? Possibly. Possibly. Okay, all right, so the woman in Proverbs 31 is up, alert, watching, working, preparing. And in 1 Thessalonians, they're being told to be what? Don't sleep. Let's watch, sober, pay attention. So so the correlation is the woman in Proverbs emulates or is uh, is the example of then what the people in Thessalonians are supposed to do. We could use it that way, right? Okay, then the gospel reading. The gospel reading is in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. There's a short version and there's a long version, but we'll just start in Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Matthew 25, verse 14. Matthew 25, verse 14, and then we have this. For the kingdom of heaven is a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. So we have kind of a parable, right? Okay. And he and unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then Then he had received the first talent. Then he that received the first talent went and traded with the same and made them other uh, other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he also gained the other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid the Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with him. And so he that received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained thee beside them five talents more. He said unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He that also received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of the Lord. Verse 24, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not uh, strawed. And I was afraid, and he went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, 
there thou hast that is thine. Hast thou is thine. The Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap, reap where I sowed not, and I gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, give it unto him which hath ten talents. For, uh, for unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance, but from he that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right, what is the correlation between that and Proverbs 31? Okay, so that, in a sense, the, the woman, once again, is used almost as an illustration of the good and faithful servant, right? She doesn't waste, she works. In fact, what does she do? She ultimately benefits the family. They have more. That's why she's going to be praised in the gates, right? She, she does things that actually benefits the family materially, possessions, financially, Right, so then, once again, so then you could say that in Thessalonians and in Matthew, they illustrate what is true of the, the woman. So even in the, so that would tell me that even in the uh, lectionary, they're kind of doing what with Proverbs thirty-one. Saying that it's what. Right, that, 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 it's, that she serves as an illustration, not just for what women are supposed to do, for what everyone is supposed to do. Okay, which immediately kind of takes it away, like, women do this. It's more like, so even, I think, to me, the lectionary putting that there seemingly implies that at least someone in the, in the formation of the lectionary, right, uh, Thought that this served more as an illustrative purposes than maybe, hey, let's write a book on the virtuous woman and tell women this is what they're supposed to do. And if they don't, they're not a virtuous woman. Because now, because if you're not careful with the illustration, you could you could flip it back, right? If the woman doesn't do those things, she's the unfaithful servant. She should be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? That could that could lead to a very works. I mean, there's no question about it. That could lead to a very works-based system. I mean, the whole thing could lead to a works-based system. The Bible is the Bible is put it this way: the Bible is ready for anyone to come along and turn it into a works-based system because it is just everywhere. I mean, it's everywhere. It's very difficult not to. So we can see that even there that it's kind of used in an illustrative purpose. So let's do a little discussion about the personification of wisdom. And then we'll do a little bit of testing and looking things up and see what we can find. All right. So according to a a couple of sources and some of the books of the Hebrew Bible. Now, listen carefully. They argue that this happens more than just one book. This happens in a number of books in the Hebrew Bible. Wisdom is personified as a female character. The character is shown uh, not only in traditional roles of women as a mother and a housekeeper, but also as a prophet and as a source of counsel. So they're saying in a number of places in the Hebrew Bible, a number of books, they take a woman, right? She's turned into a character 
And even though she may be in certain typical traditional roles, she can also be shown to be a prophet or the source of wisdom, the source of counsel. So that this happens throughout, at least in a number of places in the Hebrew Bible. Right? So immediately that tells us, okay, that maybe this is not too far off, right? Now, just skeptics come along, just to be fair, and they often draw comparison to goddesses outside of the Hebrew Bible. So they're like, the Hebrew Bible takes a woman, turns her into this character, but it's not too uncommon. Because in other religions, such as the Egyptian goddess Ma'at and Isis, the Sumerian Anana, and the Babylonian Ishtar, there is debate over whether wisdom was worshipped as a goddess, and ultimately her presentation is ambiguous. Nevertheless, the stories of women wisdom are significant for the use of a woman's voice in male books. So these are books written by men, but they, they, that the key character in many of them are a woman who personifies the wisdom or these other kinds of attributes. And they say that's a little odd since it's a male-dominated book. Why does this happen? Now, of course, skeptics would say, well, because they were just following the cultures around them and women were goddesses. And so they, they gave, uh, the, and the Bible, they can't make the woman a goddess, right? But they can make her the personification of wisdom. So that, now that would be a skeptical way of looking at it, but just so that you know. Now they say the book of Proverbs, Job, along with Ecclesiastes, right? And then there's some apocryphal books, uh, Surak, and the, uh, Surak and the Wisdom of Solomon. Um, sometimes all of those books are classified as wisdom literature. Because of their in interest in this fundamental human attribute and its relationship to the divine, and because of their similarities to other ancient Near Eastern literature with similar forms and concerns. So this, these books... We'll just go with the ones we know. Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes. Those are called wisdom literature. And they follow the same form as other writings at that time in the same genre. Okay? Just remember, this is very important, the genres of literature found in the Bible are not unique to the Bible. Those genres exist outside the Bible in many cases, our understanding and how to interpret those genres are the same principles we would use to interpret those genres in other books. Okay, just so that you know, sometimes Christians almost act like the first time the genre ever showed up was in the Bible, and that's, that's not the case. All right. Um, this, now, this is important. Notable in Proverbs and the wisdom of Solomon and to a lesser degree in Job is the personification of the concept of women of wisdom as a woman or sometimes referred to as woman wisdom and this was used to distinguish the personified figure from the more general use of the term all right so it seems that at least there are a lot of people who believe this is common now i don't want to spend our entire sunday school hour doing this but we're going to have to, we're going to do a little bit of work so grab Blue Letter Bible app, whatever app you have, whatever concordance you have, and I want you to look for the female type pronouns, right? 
she, her, and let's start going through Proverbs and look for, the, for where these female pronouns are being used and what it's being used to describe. Now just Proverbs. We're just going to focus on Proverbs. Since Proverbs 31 is in Proverbs, then we'll, we'll see how it's used. I don't know how many times female pronouns are used in Proverbs. But she, her, I don't even know if the word woman shows up in, in there, but probably it may, it may. Okay, one has she, someone else can look at her. We can go with she and her. That'll be two good places to start. Someone has she. Someone else can look up her. She is 44 times. Okay. Yeah, just Proverbs. Yeah. All right, so she is 44 times. Well, we're going we're gonna to just start working through these verses and see what we can find. Right, instead of have someone tell us, you know what I like to do, is put it to the test. Let's see what happens. Okay, we have a, dis, dis, we have a disconnect. She's got 69 times for her. Oh, you had she. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, all right. So uh, she is 44. Her is 69, all right? 69 verses, okay. All right? Okay. Okay, well, 66. Okay, well, we'll find out. Okay, at least, at least we're close. I don't think we're going to have any major problem. Is there any other one that we should look up? Should we look up woman? Okay, someone else look up woman. Uh, Stephen, you want to look up woman? Okay. So we have she, her, and woman. Okay, all right. Now, what's the, what's the first verse for any of these? Okay, 120 is... is 120. So everyone believes 120 is first. All right. Y'all keep track. Let's, let's go through these and let's see what we can find. All right. Proverbs 1, 20. We think that's the, is that's the first female kind of reference. All right. Everybody feels com- or, uh, confident with that. All right. Here we go. Uh, you said Proverbs 120. Oh, there it is. Okay. I was reading verse 19 going, are you sure? Okay. All right. Here we go. Wisdom. Crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the street. Stop right here. Now remember, now if we were reading Schofield, what is this law called? Oh, we talked about this? The law of first usage, right? Remember we talked about this, right? Right, the law of first usage. What is, why is that a significant? Now, typically, when you go law of first usage, you go to the first place it's ever used in the Bible. But in this particular case, we're, we're definitely, we want to know the first way it's used in Proverbs. And the first time a female pronoun is used in Proverbs, or the first time a female is even mentioned in Proverbs, is a reference to what? To wisdom. Instantaneously, we know we're on to something, Right? Wisdom is being personified as a woman. I don't think there's any way to get around it. Do we, can, we, can we agree there? 
All right. In fact, how far does this go? It says, wisdom crieth without. She uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse and the openings of the gates and the city in the city. She uttereth her word saying, how long ye simple ones will you love simplicity and the scorners delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. Turn at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Now, it, it, it seems to continue for a while, does it not? Now, just, but just, now remember, Proverbs 31 is what we're concerned with, yes? So, just keep some, th- some of those things in Proverbs 31 because in Proverbs 31, one, the woman is working, she's here, she's going here, she's going about, right? She's doing all of these things. And look immediately what happens here in Proverbs chapter one. Where do we find the woman? She's in the streets. And not only that, where is she? Chief place of concourse. And, and she's in the gates of the city. She's in the street. She's in the place of concourse. She's in the gates. So she's out and about. And what is she attempting to do? Right. Yeah, she's she's calling and rebuking simple people, right? Who love simplicity and scorners who delight in their scorning and fools hate knowledge. When it says, turn you at my reproof, who's speaking? Wisdom, the woman. Now, now this puts, now from a biblical perspective, this is interesting, right? Because turn you at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. That we almost read that to be whom speaking? We have a tendency to, to read that as God speaking, but in the flow here, who's speaking? Wisdom. So a woman is doing what? Rebuking, instructing, and rebuking. Like very controversial concepts, right? Now we know it's not a literal woman, but I'm just saying, why would you use a female as the personification of such a supposed to be desirable attribute? In fact, aren't we supposed to pursue wisdom at all costs? So they take and personify as a woman. And now, so if it's personified as a woman, it's the woman doing the rebuking or as Sarah said, the instructing. Okay, which, all right. Verse 24, because I have called and you have refused. I've stretched out my hand and no, and no, please know what it, I think it's kind of, you, you, you may think it's interesting or not. I, I don't know if all translations have it this way. Verse 24, how does the King James read? I have called out and you refused. I've stretched out my hand and no man regarded. Now, I know that's referring to no person, but I just think it's interesting. How does the NIV have 24? Okay, no one. Okay, I think it was just interesting that the King James says man there, but because of the contrast. Verse 25, but you have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Now, I know that those words are typically put in the mouth of God, and I understand it's connected to God, but ultimately in the flow, it's wisdom saying these things, right? It's personified as a, as a woman, offering strong rebuke and almost mocking, which, it, which would be somewhat 
different in that in that culture. All right. Um, okay. What's the next use of a female uh, pronoun or two sixteen? All right, two four. All right, let's go to two four. All right. We'll go back to verse 1 because we're going to need context. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasure. Okay, um, please note, who are you seeking? And it's described as a her. And please note how it's described. If you seek her, what will you find? Seek her as what? Silver and searches for her as hid treasure. What does Proverbs 31 say about the man who finds the supposed woman? A great treasure. Isn't that interesting? Do you see the parallel? The parallel just jumps. To me, the parallel jumps off the page, right? This woman is far more valuable than what? Well, there's silver gold. Does Proverbs 31 talks about her value? As a ruby, right? There you go. You see the correlation? Like you, and this is why I gave this as kind of a task for everyone to work on. You can literally chart this out, the correlation between the two. Over and over the things I think you see in Proverbs, you can literally see in Proverbs 31. And Proverbs 31 is what? From a, from a reading perspective, what is Proverbs 31. The climax of the, of the whole thing, right? Yes, I mean, it's the last chapter, correct? What has 30 chapters been about? Wisdom. And then all of a sudden, wisdom shows up in 31 as this valuable woman. Well, then right here, what is the father telling the son to do in Proverbs chapter 2? To seek after her. Her. Because she is the silver, the gold. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think that's the only way to understand it. But I could be wrong. All right. So that's Proverbs 2. Uh, is there another verse in Proverbs 2? Okay. Okay. Well, that... Okay, 16. Okay. Uh, the next one, 16. To deliver thee from the... Strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. Okay, now immediately we have a new woman introduced to the scene. Right? So we have woman wisdom. Correct? And now in chapter 2, a new woman comes on the scene. Okay? The strange woman. Right? Is that not how she's described in the King James? The NIV? Adulterous woman. Now we have a completely different kind of woman on the scene. One is a treasure that's going to be profitable. The other one's going to lead to death and destruction. Well, I think there's a personification of both to some level. Okay, but we we could we could we could we can we can look and see. All right, all right, and then uh, look at the. Look at how this woman works, right? To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger, which flattereth with. Okay, she flatters. She's going to flatter, and, and she's going to use flattery for her own 
benefit, right? The, this other woman, the wisdom, seems to be benefiting whom? Benefiting others, this woman seems to be using it for her own purpose. And then what happens in verse 17? Which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. This woman is not worried at all about God. She's forsaking God. And then what is she doing? For her house is inclined unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take hold the paths of life. That thou mayest walk in the ways of good men, keep the paths of the righteous. All right. So immediately there's a, there's a con. You see the contrast occurring. There are two women's and there are two women in Proverbs, and one is woman wisdom, and the other one is the strange woman. The strange woman uses flattery, and she will lead you to death. Where the other woman is going to be, it's going to be it's going to be all beneficial for you. Now we tip. A lot of people will just go in the most very literal way with this. But Proverbs is wisdom literature, right? Not only is there wisdom literature, what else is going on in Proverbs? What other genre shows up in Proverbs? Yeah, poetry. Now immediately, we, we, you have to take that into consideration. Remember, what's one of the biggest problems with Proverbs when you take it in a very wooden, literal way? If you're taking a very wooden, literal way, then you have things like, well, if you raise your kid the right way, they're going to turn out the right way. So what's your problem if your kid doesn't turn out the right way? It's your problem. Well, we know. Yeah, we'll take them as guaranteed because we take it. They interpret it in a very wooden, literal way. But you're, what are you trying to interpret in a very wooden, literal way? A book that is poetic and wisdom literature, where immediately at the very beginning, it takes a woman and personifies it as wisdom. You, that, 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 from a hermeneutical standpoint, this is enough to make you go, we got to be very careful with how we approach the book. All right? So what's the next passage in Proverbs? All the way through 19, from 2.19, okay? Which we read all of those, okay? And, and so nothing else in 2. All right. 3.15. All right, here we go. Now, uh, we, we need to get back and try to find out where we can see, if we can pick up some kind of context here. 13, or I'll go back to verse uh, 11. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son, uh, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Now, here comes along. Remember, the you're not going to be very happy if you follow the other woman, right? Because it's going to lead to death. But this, this, all of a sudden, if you find wisdom, what are you? Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that gaineth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain, therefore, than fine gold. And then what's verse 15? She, she, I want you to see the she part. She is more precious. And more precious than what? Rubies. And all things that canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Now, I need you to go to Proverbs 31 and find me a verse that clearly correlates with that verse. Proverbs 31. 
Proverbs 3.15, I want you to, uh, that clearly correlates. Uh, uh, someone, someone in the chat just said, the first mention of the spirit is a feminine noun. Do you think that correlates to wisdom being described as a woman? I think there's a high probability it does, but we'll, we'll get to that in a minute when I get back to my notes. All right. Uh, what did you find in Proverbs 31? Verse 10, what does it say? Okay, meaning that she's more valuable than rubies, right? But immediately we have a correlation, do we not? And then at the end of Proverbs, what does he say about this? There'll be praise in the gates. Yeah, see, this woman excels all the other women who are virtuous. Immediately, you know something's going on here. And then when, as soon as we start reading about wisdom here, what did we find? She is more... Verse 15, precious than rubies. And all things that canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Nothing else, and what does it say? You know, quote Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you, right? Okay, that this is literally what is, what is being said is that nothing compares to this woman. Even in Proverbs 31, uh, there may be other virtuous women, but this woman does what? excels them all. No, 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 no one else can compare to her. If you don't see the correlation, I mean, at some point, you just have to kind of give up on hermeneutics if people can't see this. All right, what's next? Verse 16, length of days is in her hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. Once again, compared to the strange woman, what happens? You die. But in this woman's hands... Length of days and a right hand and riches and honor. Does that not sound like the woman in Proverbs 31? You're going to, the woman in Proverbs 31, you're going to walk away with what? A good life, a great life. I mean, you're going to be the happiest person in the world with the woman in Proverbs 31 because you're going to have, you're going to come into the relationship with having this much, and you're going to leave the relationship with more because she's going to be making you more, getting more possessions, better land, everything. Right? Where's the next one? Verse 17. Her ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Man, that, that's a woman you would want, right? Just pleasant and peace. That, that would be like, that life would be, that would be, and then look at verse 18. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her and happy is everyone that retaineth her. A tree of life. That, that makes the references almost back to what? Okay, someone, but to the garden, right? Okay, all right. Uh, is there any more, anything else in, in chapter three? Okay, so nothing else in chapter three. So far, three chapters have done very much to do what? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the three chapters confirms my hypotheses at this point, right? I, I'm, I'm still committed to my hypotheses here, right? Chapter four, which verse? Six. Now, okay, let's go back to verse five so we know exactly what's being talked about, all right? Okay, uh, so uh, four, uh, five says, get wisdom, get understanding, Forget it not, 
neither decline from the words of my mouth. And then what does it say immediately in verse 6? Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. This woman's going to preserve you. This woman's going to keep you. This is the woman you want. Next. Verse 8. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Do you have anything like that in uh, Proverbs 31? About how you'll, because of her, you're going to be honored? Yeah. Everybody's going to think you're great. You're, you're going to be honored. Because you've got this woman. I, the, the woman, I, I, I'm going to state it again. The woman in Proverbs 31, I don't think it's about wives. I think it's about wisdom. I think we've misinterpreted it for years and it's all it's done is just allowed, I hate to say it in many, a male-dominated religion to, to tell women to shut up and stay in the kitchen. And I think that there's been major detriments to how this has occurred over the years. Okay, next. Okay, nothing else. Uh, everybody feels good. There's nothing else till chapter nine. Oh, verse nine. I was like, wait, I'm like, whoa, we skipped quick. Okay. Okay, verse 9. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my saying, and the years of thy life shall be many. Which, next verse, where's the next one? 13, okay. Take fast hold of instruction, let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. Okay, next. Okay, so nothing more in chapter 4. Everybody good? All right, chapter uh, 5, 3, we have woman. Uh, okay, uh, oh, we have the strange woman shows up, okay? Um, verse 1, my son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge for the lips of a strange woman droppeth as a honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil. And now we have the strange woman showing back up. Once again, what do we keep hearing about the strange woman? She speaks really good, right? Enticing words. Like she starts talking and you're like, I'm following that voice, right? Uh, yeah, she says, yeah, he, yeah. Smooth as butter, right? Okay. And, and then what does it go? But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou should ponder the path of life. Her ways are movable that thou canst not know them. Like this is the woman you don't want. You see the, you see the correlation? I know we want to make this literal, 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 but this to me is screaming poetry, right? There is the, there is the woman of wisdom and there is the strange woman, which is the opposite of wisdom. This would be the wisdom of what? Foolishness, simplicity, ignorance. I dare say stupidity. It's contrasting to, in fact, think about it. Can we not agree that the uh, Proverbs constantly does a contrast between 
wisdom versus foolishness? Okay, well, guess what? It, it, they just turned them into women. And we get this all so literal, 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 literal. I don't know why we do that. Look, I, look, I can understand why a new Christian would do it, right? I can understand why a young Christian would do it. What I cannot tolerate is why pastors get it wrong because pastors get it wrong because you know what we're taught to do? Write sermons. And sermons don't, does not, sermons could care less about the text. Sermons have to be nice and organized, right? So that we can, everybody can go, oh, that was a good sermon. I'm sick of sermons. When you start working through the text, what immediately we start realizing, wait a minute, there's something going on here, is there not? There's something going on here. Because see, what we've done for the last hour, has it been a traditional sermon? No, not even close. Okay, nobody would be doing this. Nobody would be doing this. Do what? Oh, you know, it's for me, yes. Okay, but I'm saying, it's not, it's not the traditional thing. All right, so we're, oh, we're going to run out of time. What's the next one? Okay, uh, did, did we get everything about her in chapter five? I think we did. Okay, I think we did. All right, uh, uh, and then you said verse 20. Okay, um, what does it say? Okay, what, which, wait, wait, did we have another one? Yes. Verse 19. Okay, oh, here we go. All right. Let her, let her be as the loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. Who is that referencing? Okay, I think it, I think it ultimately is referring to wisdom, right? I mean, the chapter begins with what? Chapter 5, verse 1. Right, right, but yeah, but the, remember, the strange woman is a personification of what? Foolishness. So why are you going to go chase the woman, the strange woman who is foolishness? Stay with the with the with woman wisdom, right? Stay with woman wisdom. And then it starts, he says, verse 15, drink waters out of thy own cistern, running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad, rivers of water in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. Now I understand we can apply, we can try to apply this in a most literal way, but I'm just making an argument that the book is not approaching it in a literal way. Okay, because verse 20 says, And embrace the bosom of a stranger. Right. It's drawing the correlation between the two women, right? And the two women are wisdom and foolishness that are personified. Now, I know this shows up in books about sexual relationships and marriage. I know this shows up about marriage. I know it is taken in the most literal, 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 literal way. I, I understand that this is how it shows up, but I'm just saying 
this, the, the, everything in this book is screaming at me that this is just personifying the two. I, I, I just, I just, it's personifying the two. All right, um, we're going to run out of time. Yeah, we're out of time. All right, we got a long ways to go, do we not? Okay, well, I think I just figured out what we're going to do in the next hour because it wasn't the plan. So, all right, I'll have to go make this part one. All right, but that's okay because by the time we're done, we're going to be able to uh, prove my hypotheses, I think. Maybe something's going to disprove my hypotheses, but I think it's all over the place. All right, so we'll stop there. We'll come back and then we'll, we'll pick this up and we'll see what we can do the next hour. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we come before you this morning. Lord, we are... We feel that we are finding in your word a contrast between two things that are being personified as a woman. If that is correct, help us see that, understand that. If it's incorrect, help us see that we're wrong and that we will correct this interpretation. But Lord, just help us most importantly, just be dedicated to focusing on your word, to find out what it says, not what we want it to say. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And God's people said,